Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater presented by the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me at box13 at greatdetectives.net. This week, we're going to bring you something a little different. It's the series Checkmate. Checkmate was a 1960 to 1962 TV series that starred Anthony George and Doug McClure as two young, high-priced private investigators who ran a firm that focused on preventing crimes rather than just solving them as most other mystery shows did. In this effort, they were assisted by a British criminologist who shared his years of expertise with them. With that said, let's go ahead and watch the episode. It's Season 1, Episode 15, original air date January the 14th of 1961, and this one is entitled The Human Touch. Psychological moments, but you know, if he'd held out a little longer, I think I'd have confessed to that matter. Well, good night, Lieutenant. Back up, or rather, what? My plans are nearly complete. I can hardly wait for a contest to begin. How is Checkmate Incorporated going to checkmate the checkmating of Checkmate? Fascinating problem. Almost poetic, isn't it? What I'd really like to know is, when can I shave off this thing? Soon. Very soon, I hope. In fact, the very moment that my old friend, Dr. Hyatt, is dead.
Will you please stand still? Oh, this is preposterous. Well, that's one word for it. Hmm. Grave, no less. Chad. Oh, no. No, he's not nervous. He's been tying these things all his life. Carl, once and for all, will you two stop acting like a pet of old hens? Alonzo Pace Graham invited me to dinner. I accept it. Will you walk into my parlor, says the spider? Now, look, the one place this fly will be safe in is in the spider's parlor and in the spider's house. If either of you knew anything about Alonzo... I know he promised to kill you after the trial. Yeah, the most dangerous criminal mind of the century. Oh, come, come on. Fifteen years in prison will have chastened him somewhat. <laughs> It'll be like it. Oh? Elena. <laughs> Why, oh, uh, I was afraid you wouldn't get my message before I had to leave. I got all of your messages. And the flowers then. I, I don't know how to apologize. Oh, Carl, we're not children. I, I won't pretend that I'm not disappointed, but after all, one broken appointment in over six months. Carl, you know how much our friendship has meant to me, especially now, and there'll be other reasons. Of course. Thank you, my dear. Oh, there's my cab. So are you, Don. He's getting used to dangerous dinner dates. How is the married widow? Mrs. Quattrell is a charming and intelligent woman. And I don't see nearly as much of her as I'd like to. Her husband is a pathological troublemaker, apparently, and well, until the divorce is final, she wants to avoid any gossip that might compromise her. Well, didn't you have a date tonight? Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, I better get going before she blows a gasket. Uh-huh. Well, another thing about the mature woman is that she doesn't bug you. Oh, uh, Don, you wanted to look at those Valdiviva letters. They're on the desk right beside you in my preliminary note. Hmm? Oh, thanks. He should keep me busy. Oh, Carl, uh, call the office when you get back here tonight, will you? Oh, yes, Mother. Keep the nursery lights on. Well, have fun tonight. Oh, yeah, I will. Oh, uh, don't work too hard. Oh, no, no, I'll, I'll turn in as soon as Carl calls. Good night. For boring you with a grand tour. <laughs> of course. I needed the exercise after that dinner. <laughs> exquisite, exquisite. You're finished? Oh, a few things are mine. I, I just got them out of storage. No trouble getting into the country. Oh, no. After all, I, I paid my debt to society. I do have some sizable interest in the United States. They need my attention. Legitimate interest? Some. <laughs> I I think you'll find this the most comfortable. Thank you so much. Very good, sir. No, oh, you remembered my brand. 
I remember a lot of things. And my camera bear. <laughs> May I pour you a drink? If you please. Just up to about three months ago, my, my surroundings were a little different. Tell me, Doctor, uh, were you surprised at my invitation? <laughs> you surprised at my acceptance? Oh, you never could resist a good dinner. <laughs> what a fascinating study in personality. Yeah? Oh, I admit it, you've always fascinated me. Oh? Oh, yes, a man with all your gifts, brains, education, charm... You could have succeeded in any field of endeavor. Instead, you embarked upon a career of cold-blooded criminality. You became the incarnation of unmitigated evil. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, self-made Lucifer. <laughs> Does it please you to think so? Frankly, yes. <laughs> you know, long ago you had more money than any man could want or need. You, you could have... I could have retired and settled down, and then what? Die of boredom? No, 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 doctor, no. Now, as long as there are fools to be manipulated, and good people to be deplored, and last but not least, police to be laughed at. Yeah. Madness. Beneath the brilliance, the smooth facade, the moral intelligence of a rabid dog. And uh, quite unchanged. I could say the same about you. <laughs> me? Oh, dear me, no. A quiet university professor teaching theory from long forgotten cases. I see. What about that, uh, that organization you're associated with? Organization? Oh, checkmate. They consult me occasionally on technical matters, as do the police, as do others. Eager young men, but unseasoned. Mm. Idealistic, but uh, hardly a threat to the criminal classes. You disappoint me, Professor. Why? Had you hoped that I'd still be a worthy adversary? <laughs> no. You know, Doctor, I was wondering during all these lonely years, after all, you were the only one to catch me. Tell me, what little mistake did I make? That'll be my secret, I think. Oh, but I'd, I'd so much like to know. Perhaps, someday. Someday, but, but someday may be too late. Even a comparatively imminent someday. You mean, I won't be able to tell you because I'll be dead. Yeah. tell if they were making an atom bomb in there. Not from the outside, anyway. Yeah. Hey. Maybe we got excited for nothing. He won't like us playing nursery. We won't tell him. For Dr. Hyatt, sir. Hmm? Oh, yes, yes. I asked him to come back at 10. Tell him I'll be right there. Yes, sir. Oh. Just when it was going to get in first thing. Oh. 
You have a plan, I'm sure. Several. One which, no matter what the police may suspect, could never be brought home to you. Hmm? I guarantee you, you'll be surprised. Perhaps you will be. Oh, my dear friend, you, you, you must give me the name of your chef. I'm sure my club would be delighted to have him on its staff. Oh, uh, after you've been eliminated. <laughs> Good night, my friend. Good night, Carl. Sleep well. I'll point out the things to you upstairs very long. Sister, did you get it? All of us, sir. Good. Bruno! Come in, Bruno. Sit down. We've got a lot of work to do tonight. That's correct, operator. Chief Inspector Mapleton. You can find him through Scotland Yard, London, England. Yes, yes, I'll take the call at the number I gave you. Thank you. Well, did you make much progress on the Valdiviva letters? I, uh, I had a headache. I went for a drive, got a little air. Really? Hi. Saw the light on, thought I'd drop by. <sighs> Another precinct heard from. Early date, wasn't it? Uh, oh, Joan had a headache. Hmm, seems to be catching. Perhaps there's something in the air outside the Pace Graham's house. Hmm? I thought you weren't going to tell. Oh, very good. Mm. Were that obvious? Well, I didn't see you, if that's what you mean. But it's exactly the sort of unimaginative and useless thing I'd expect from the two of you. Nothing to worry about, hmm? Of course. You just call Scotland Yard to report a, a dinner date. Oh, that's the one thing, carrying them out for another. Which brings me to the reason why I'm here. I'll be out of touch after tomorrow, but... Don't let that worry you. Oh, no. No, no. Don't let that worry. Pace Graham seems like a patient man. How long can you afford to hide out? I have no intention of hiding out. No, I'm merely changing my base of operations. I need time to plan a counterattack to, to build an organization. I thought you already had one. Checkmate? <laughs> Dear me, no. Not only are you known to be connected with me, but to be quite frank, neither of you have the subtlety or the slightest degree of the finesse necessary to deal with a man. Well, I'm glad to know you think so highly of it. My life is at stake this time. I can't afford to be sentimental. Oh, yes, you've been lucky for a pair of amateurs. But I can tell you now, if it hadn't been for my intervention, you'd have stumbled into disaster half a dozen times. Uh, why, if you got into this now, you'd end up getting all three of us killed. Well, there's a mention of Santa Barbara in those letters. Look for the safe deposit box there. Well, if I don't see you for a few days, good luck on the Valdiviva case. Mm -hmm. 
What? A ham. We'll need extra legs on this one. Tim Haney's free. All right, I'll dig up a couple other guys in the morning. Since he won't cooperate. He thinks Space Graham is dangerous, all right. So dangerous he'd rather take his own chances than let us get involved. He's also a stubborn old goat. So? So? So we'll get ourselves involved. Then he'll have to bail us out. Sit down. Summers, hasn't that young man finished yet? I believe he's upstairs, sir. You must forgive us. This morning, our fuse has been blowing out every ten minutes. Now, what was it you wanted? Number one, to get a look at you. You don't impress me much. No? I'm sorry. No, thanks. Well, that's the modern equivalent of praying so. You refuse it? In spades. I'm not a guest, you're not a host, and the rules of hospitality don't apply. Number two, lay off Carl Hyatt. He told you, huh? I am surprised. You know, the way he was trying to keep you out of this, he reminded me of a mother puppet trying to lead the hunter away from her young. He didn't have to tell me, I... Well, have you found it? Well, it's hard to trace a wire in an old house like this. I'd like to rip up the plastic till I get an idea. Which I'm sure will be never... But right now, I'm having a little conference. These sick walls would be surprised or mice. <laughs> the morons of the world unite. Go on, Mr. Coy. I've said it. Did it ever occur to you that involving yourself in a situation like that might be dangerous for you? Now, you listen good. Checkmate was set up to stop jokers like you. If we don't, and anything happens to Carl Hart, we'll do everything we can to see the police hang the rap on you. And if that doesn't work, I'll take care of you myself, personally. Evidence or no evidence. You honestly expect me to believe a performance like this? I mean, battering your way in and talking like a... like a shamus? Ever heard a playback of the way you sound? You're deliberately going out of your way to insult me, aren't you? Just declaring checkmate in. Mr. Corey, in that case, it would be rude to leave you out. Let me assure you, I never intended. So long as we understand each other, Mr. Pace Graham.
dining room, library, upstairs hall, and uh, one bedroom. Yeah, they ought to do it, Kim. If you hear anything at all out of line, you can hold me on that. Banish your worries. Whoever your client is, he must be paying you plenty. If our client knew we were working on it, he'd go up and smoke. I should be very angry with both of you. But and no more of this lone wolf stuff. No running away from us. It's dumb now. We're in this together. Good. Then you'd better let us know what to be ready for. He's <laughs> had 15 years in which to make his plans and three months since his release to put them into operation. No, I can only tell you what not to expect. Bullet in the back, a bomb in the mail, poison in the soup. That wouldn't satisfy his ego. No, he'll want to baffle me, discredit me, humiliate me. When you read his dossier, you'll understand why I respect him. The fancier he gets, the more chances we'll have to trip him up. Well, Judge checking the neighborhood for any visitors. Ken's got a wire at the inside. I'll check immigration for his port of entry. Yes, and I'm expecting a call from the overseas operator... Scotland Yard may be able to tell me the name of the associates he kept in contact with. And I'll be good, I promise. husband again. Oh, yes, Carl, I'm afraid it is. And, and you're the only one that I can turn to. No, not here, but somewhere that we can talk privately. Well, my club, then? I'll meet you in the foyer at uh, 6.30? Right. And, Helena, whatever the trouble is, I'll do my best. But I'm not infallible. Aren't you, Carl? Thank you. Goodbye. Vallejo Club at 6.30. It's a chink in every man's armor. Wouldn't you love to know, Mike? But I caution you, you better stay convincing when you meet him. I haven't much choice, have I? You see, Carl, I must have that money in my hands by tomorrow. I'm sorry, I... I sound as if I'm blaming you for my stupidity, but... But if my husband finds out, I... Yes, he's a dangerous man. Oh, uh, Teddy, there may be a phone call for me. I told the long-distance operator I'd be here. By the way, your mother's better, I hope. Yes, thank you, Doctor. We brought her home last week. Oh, good, good. <laughs> now, the 20,000. You had bonds for that amount, which you awarded him by your interlocutory decree. I thought it was worth it to be free of it, Edna. But unfortunately, 
Since then, you had given them to another man for investment, and now, now he refuses to return them to you, is that it? I haven't been very lucky with the people I trust. Not till you. And you thought I was so intelligent about money, and I... Well... I kept hope. Well... Well, do you have proof? No chance for him to deny it. Deny it? I have the letters right here. Well, if he still has possession, it shouldn't be too difficult. He lives in the city? Yes, Marin County. The bonds are right there in his house. Then he just laughed at me in the telephone this afternoon. I'll speak to a friend of mine on the police force. Oh, the police can be very discreet. The police? Uh, I see. Well, unfortunately, at the moment, my dear, I'm engaged in something... I know something very important. I, I shouldn't have asked you, Carl. Just a foolish woman and a disordered little twin. No, It's no. all right, Carl. I'll, I'll see him myself. And, and he won't laugh at me tonight. Oh, Lena, please. Come. Give it to me, Lena. Now, don't try to frighten me, Carla. I, I'm sorry if you're disappointed in me. I'm, I'm sorry. Helena, wait, please. Like in the movies. Now, honey, please. Satisfactory. Quack. Thank you so much. Hurry, in another minute you'll lose it. I don't make the traffic, mister. Well, he seems to be getting through it all right. Blackmail. Cheap blackmail. Give me those letters. Oh, no, I won't. What would your friends in the police force think if they knew it was a great job to hire and doing inside? Don't press me too far, Helena. I might just... They'll make you a read it. Think of the figure you're a part. The great lover. The irresistible Don Juan. 
Well, you're a fat middle-aged... Elena? Elena? Oh, hello, Fay. Are you all right? Yes, yes, I just stumbled. Are you sure? My dear young woman, this is hardly the time. Please, dear. His bark is worse than his bite. You, uh, you go on to the exchange or you'll be late. I'll call you later. Goodbye, Fay. Now will you be sensible? You mean submit to this? Oh, no, Helena. You'll find out what kind of a bite I have. I'm not afraid of you. I don't think this hurt any more than necessary. Did you sterilize her? Then after that idiot driver got me thoroughly lost in the backwards, I had to wait another 20 minutes while he hiked to a station for gasoline. And you just happened to neatly be put out of action for a little over three hours. Elena? That's impossible. Well, I know her background, her tastes. Well, after all, I, I, I met her quite by chance at a concert. Pick up. And Delilah couldn't have been more surprised. Did you get a good look at the driver? Certainly. I noted down his number and the license. So you weren't really quite sure? Well, at least you haven't lost all your marbles. Something tells me we'd better have a talk with the ladies. Come on, Carl. Yes, yes, I... I'm afraid I'd like to talk with Helena myself. Check those descriptions again. The woman, about 5'5", five, five, blonde, blue eyes, 118 pounds. Wearing a black dress, gray mink stole. The man, 5'10", heavily built, full beard, slouch hat, carries a walking stick. Well, Sergeant, I'm Dr. Carl Hyatt. What's happened here? I, I saw the lieutenant's car outside. What? Yeah, yeah, right. In here, doctor. Lieutenant, 
This is Quattro, is she? This is the way we found the place. Lab boys haven't even got here yet. Her convertible is missing from out front. Mrs. Quattro is a friend of Dr. Hines. He's been trying to reach her. Yes, I was with her earlier this evening. Here? No, no, I've never been in this apartment. She preferred to meet me outside. I see. Yes, you see, her divorce wasn't final, and she was afraid of any gossip that might compromise it. Sergeant, ask Miss Raison to step in here. All right, Tom, cut the mystery. What happened? Well, according to the girl next door, Mrs. Quattrell was shaking down her boyfriend for some incriminating letters, and they got rough about it. Yes, she carried them in this. She worked for a telephone service. When she didn't hear from Mrs. Quattrell, she called a couple of times and finally came home. Ah, what is it, Tom? Lieutenant, have you heard anything? No, not yet. Miss Favre is on. Don Corey. How do you do? Hello. Sorry to bother you, but would you describe the man again? I think I can do that for you, Lieutenant. Someone who resembled me. Is that correct, Miss Raison? Intended to resemble me? Let her answer, Carl. Carl? That's what Helena called him. Carl Hyatt. Why, it's the same face, the same voice, everything. Of course, he's the one. Or somebody impersonating him. It's possible, Miss Raison. The beard, the way he's dressed, pillow under the belt. Thank you. Of course, you're all friends of his. Helena said that, too. She said, wait until your friends or police find out what you've been doing on the side. I was standing as close to him as I am right now, Lieutenant. It wasn't the first time either. If you don't believe me, you can ask the the newspaper boy, the manager. The whole neighborhood knew about it. About what? I'll ask the mistress on. By all means, Lieutenant. Thank you. Sure, he can come in. Don, did you get anything? Judge checked every cab garage in the city. No driver has a number Carl gave us. And no cab took a fare to Marin County last night. Mm. Well, Lieutenant's becoming quite distressed. And what fresh good news do you have for us? Blood type checks. The resigned girl gave us the name of Mrs. Capel's doctor. Hypodermic would suit the purpose. You think she's alive? Of course. If she wasn't, you'd have found the stone dead in that apartment floor. That's exactly what would appeal to Grace Graham's sense of humor, to have me prosecuted for a murder that never happened and a body that will never be found. Why don't you drag him down here, Tom? You're wasting time. On what grounds? He wasn't keeping company with her. The servants say they never laid eyes on that stuff. Yeah. All right, have them sign statements and they can go. Don, will you try to pound it through his head? Oh, I realize how serious this is, Lieutenant, probably more than both of you. Tell me, how many witnesses have put the finger on me through this uh, viewing room mirror? Up to now, eight. Eight? What kind of witnesses? For all you know, good citizens. Most of them didn't even know each other. The whole bunch, three speeding tickets and a jaywalker. Well? The cab driver has identified him as a man he picked up a block away from the club with the woman. They fought all the way to a club called the Blue Poodle. 
Made such a scene there, they were asked to leave. Took another cab, went back to the apartment. Leaving a trail as wide as a Sherman tank. Do you really think Carl is stupid enough? When a man his age gets hooked. My age? When a man any age goes overboard for a woman, they throw the rules out the window. Those witnesses had a good look and fair light. Yes, the resemblance must have been remarkable. Training, makeup, perhaps even plastic surgery. No doubt it took months to find the right man. It's a nice story, Carl. But one answer ahead of us all the way. You mean Pace Graham has. But you don't believe that. I wish I could. Brand. Where? All right, bring it down. Get the Raison girl down here again to identify it. Carl. How did you know the body would never be found? Because I'm morally certain there never was one. If there was, you'd know how to dispose of it. I should hope so. Let's have it, Tom. They located Mrs. Quattrell's car. Bloodstains on the upholstery and a woman's shoe caught in the seat. And Helena. It was parked on a cliff overlooking the ocean near Point Malloy. The current there could sweep a body straight out to sea. <sighs> well, Jed would say, me and my big mouth. Things are bad enough this morning. But if they don't find it, then it's they... been known to happen. If there's a strong enough presumption of death. Well, they can't hold the night anyway. I got Dan Barton down there taking care of the legal end. Where are you going? Well, I. Don, the police have to be ethical. But I don't. Jed, you'd be dead. And Carl would be a prophet. He wouldn't appreciate it. Now, why don't you stick around and keep in touch with Tim and the rest? Keep check on that phony cab driver. If Mrs. Quattrell is alive, they may try to get her out of town. Where are you going? For the past month, somebody's been masquerading as Carl around that apartment house. If I can pin just one witness down to, to an exact date, an exact time when we can prove that Carl was somewhere else, I... Jed, I'll see you later. <laughs> You better get down here. It sure sounds like something's going on. That's me coming through the door. Just went down in the elevator. No, I'm not putting a tail on him. He's not the type to skip out. Thirty-three thirty Union, please. Come again. Thirty-three thirty Union. If you're looking for a cop to signal, I wouldn't. Personal portraits of your friends and loved ones. Instant service.
Don't worry, he's not dead. He isn't even doped too heavy. See? He moves. Where is he? Where nobody will ever find him if you don't play ball. Still want the same address? No. I assume you have your instructions. I don't keep a diary. Tell me, where were you on the night of, of June the 15th? I'm sorry, I know he's your friend. And Mrs. Quattro was yours? A neighbor. When I lost my other job, Helena got me this job with her phone service. What difference does it make? She's dead. And if she isn't? They had me downtown, Mr. Corey. I had to identify her shoe. Well, she never pretended to be a saint, but she didn't deserve that. Men had always kicked her around, and she was just kicking back. How much did she tell you? She showed me a bundle of letters. Said they meant big money to her. Not the man's name or what was in them. Just enough. All this talk about some kind of conspiracy. Two men that look alike. Look. You saw the real Dr. Hyde for the first time this morning. Didn't you notice any difference? Anything at all? No. Well, maybe his voice was a little more... What? Authoritative, I guess. But that's only natural. He was upset before. Well, it can't be. It can't? Then all the rest might be true. Well, if Elena were still alive, where would she... be? Yes, Stay away one or two nights occasionally. Just thought you had another man on the street. Where? I don't know where. Just give me a number once where I could reach her. Just me, not the other girls on the whisper. I think it's unlisted. Quite, thank you, Thomas. I see. I underestimated you, Alonso. Some walls couldn't prevent you from making your arrangements. Then again, you always did prefer to work through intermediaries. Yes, my agent found Bruno and disappearing your sophomore year. He used to record some of your lectures at the university. And Elena, how did you persuade her to join you? Oh, that's the usual combination. Oh, yes, blackmail, flat money. No wonder your associates love you. They obey me. In fact, Elena had become quite barky when I arrived, but uh, still firm to care of that. Yes, now your plans have matured and I've been delivered into your hands. Surely you don't intend to kill me in your own house? Me? I don't intend to kill you at all. Hmm? No, I left some clues for Mr. Corey. Not too easy, but I expect him to be able to find at least one. And Jetsu? Oh, they'll find him somewhere, not far from here. Quite unarmed, but you won't have the faintest idea what happened to him. Now, with checkmate is armed, he's a mentally distracted. Oh, yeah. Don't confuse you with ineffectiveness, Alonso.
was cold. There he is. Well, here it goes. See you, Doc. Do. 
Welcome back. I have to say that I would call my business Checkmate if for no other reason than to pick up the phone and answer Checkmate. This is a different sort of mystery show, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. The image of a chess match is really spot on for this series, and particularly this episode, which has the two players portrayed by Sebastian Cabot and Peter Lorre. Cabot does a great job and brings a great sense of authority to the character of Carl. His performance reminds me a little bit of John Russ Davies in, in the 1990s science fiction series Sliders. You would expect the handsome young detectives to be the real stars and the most fascinating characters in the series, but that's clearly not the case here. While they are unquestionably loyal and brave, Carl Hyatt is really the key character with the insight and wisdom. This comes from near the end of Peter Lorre's life, and while he's clearly past his prime, he still imbues his character with enough of a sense of malevolence to give the viewer cause for concern about what exactly our villain is planning. The character is a bit over the top in the way that many 1960s villains are. After all, you have someone who plans to have someone murdered and invites them over to a dinner party to let them know about it, and then tries to trick him into revealing 
his mistake from the previous caper, and hopes, no doubt, that it would help him succeed in this particular case. Of course, Professor Hyatt didn't tell him, and I doubt it would have done our villain any good had Hyatt done so. The ending revealed the villain's failing in that case as well as in this one. The villain is this really extreme sort of sociopath, and in many ways this can be looked at as a strength when it comes to committing crimes, as their behavior can be harder to predict. But this episode suggests that there's a flip side, and that's not the only series to raise that point. It also happened in the second Columbo pilot, Ransom for a Dead Man, where the killer's consciousness ultimately caused her downfall. Killers like this look at human sentiments and emotional attachments as things to be exploited, as Alonzo Graham does throughout this entire episode, but often overlook the strength of human emotional ties, which ultimately turns out to be his undoing. Sadly, Checkmate is one of those series where only a few episodes have fallen into the public domain. The vast majority are still under copyright, so we won't probably be covering any more on this series. Speaking of the series, I would really love your feedback on what you think of public domain video theater. A lot of work and effort goes into recording these commentaries and editing them together with the videos, and that's so much of that is done by Andrew Rines of otrwesterns.com. I love to hear what you think of what we're doing with this particular series, uh, whether the commentary is worth hearing, if there's some other format you would like to have it in, or if there's other things uh, that uh, you would like to have discussed in the course of the video theater episodes. So please email me your feedback on that, and uh, any feedback would be much appreciated. Just send it to box13 at greatdetectives.net, and that's all for now. Join us back here next time for another episode of Public Domain Video Theater. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. And if you like these videos, you can become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.